couple people jump in uh, in the middle of it. So um, I spent a lot of time today uh, bouncing ideas off uh, G36 and the um, regulations group and as well as Sean in putting together the FAQ. So if you're not in it, jump in it. Um, we're going to kind of discuss these. I'm going to try and update it um, live as we kind of discuss these things. Um, but the, the general premise of this guys was to really keep it as simple as possible. So we basically came up with a question and answer format. So what are some of the most common questions that we would get in response to some of the regulations and not just regulations, but, you know, FPV in general. So, um, I tried to kind of keep it, you know, I guess to the not to the lowest common denominator, but to where it's easily understood. So and I'll kind of explain some of that as I go through. But um, really what we want to do, guys, is go through each one. And if, you know, something's inaccurate or if something is needs changing, um, then let's discuss that and we'll go from there. So um, first up is going to be um, what's the difference between a UAS and a SUAS? Um, and basically what I put was the difference between two, the two terms comes down to weight. A UAS is considered to be an unmanned aerial vehicle that weighs more than 55 pounds, including any cargo. An SUAS is considered to be an unmanned aerial vehicle that weighs less than 55 pounds, including any cargo. Any issues with that one? That one seems pretty straightforward. Now, right. are there is Go there ahead. any significance to the order uh, that you have? Um, not just yet. I tried to get um, you know, somewhat uh, creates kind of continuity um, among them all, but uh, there still needs to be some editing and moving stuff around and and whatnot, so everything kind of flows together the right way. Okay, because I, I was gonna when I reviewed it earlier, I was thinking um, I think the order should be. Um, essentially what's top of mind. Like, uh, I think the second one should probably be the first one. Essentially, is it legal? I would think that would be the first question most people would have. We don't, you don't see a need for categories here, do you? I don't, I'm not sure. I'm, I, but anyhow, I just, and, and, and I'm sorry, I don't want to get into specifics on the questions uh, just yet. I was just talking to the principal of the, the order. Um, and, and maybe we should go through it and circle back around to that. I just wanted to mention it while I was thinking of it. I think right. we actually had that question as the top one when we first started editing. Yeah, I did. <laughs> All right. So um, number two, um, do these regulations apply to just drones? And I'm doing air quotes and drone with drones. Um, answer, no, Congress has defined all model aircraft as UAS and SUAS. These are defined as an aircraft without a human pilot on board that is capable of sustained flight. This means that all fixed wing and rotorcraft model aircraft fall within this category, regardless of configuration, whether powered or unpowered. How do you feel about the inclusion of autonomous and remotely controlled? I'm one, one is to totally well. You, it needs to be identified because autonomous means that the that the electronics are making decision. Remote controlled means that the human is making decision. 
Correct. And I think their definition is uh, both of them fall under this. So that's that's what I'm uh, saying is that we should specify, like we're specifying both. Well, yeah, there, we need to put, sorry not to cut you off, but maybe like a sub uh, to like, uh, how do they do it? Like if this like a lead, like it'd be like, this would be like 1A, this would be like 1A, BB or whatever. You know what I mean? Then we could sub break it down. But this is like generalization. You know what I'm saying? No. Like, the tree down more after the well what you're what you're saying is should we should we pull out defining what a drone is right because it's kind of nested in here i mean a drone is an unmanned anything that's unmanned and i guess a fly you know what i mean i guess a fly is a drone because it's an unmanned flying object now so i guess flies and bees are drones you know birds you know whatever you know what i mean but we, the only thing I think that we're really particularly caring about is the segregation between commercial and recreation. So here's what I did um, on the end of it. So um, just read the last sentence. This means that all fixed wing and rotorcraft model aircraft fall within this category, regardless of configuration, whether powered or unpowered, autonomous or remote piloted. Does that sound a little better? Yeah, it's more what I'm thinking is it may it may answer that question. You know, if people are wondering if there's a differentiation be between the two, FAA doesn't make that distinction. Right. All right. Any other comments on number two before we move on? All right. Um, number three, pretty simple, is flying first-person view legal? Um, answer, yes, under the new regulations, as long as you have a spotter that has visual line of sight of your model, you can legally fly FPV. Doesn't really get much more straightforward than that. So that well, should be on the top then, right? We're, we're thinking that one should be the number one. Yeah, that's what I was recommending earlier. Um, but I, I actually had something else. Um, yeah, and I guess it is pretty straightforward. I was going to bring up the, the issue about potential FCC concerns. Um, but you can buy an FCC legal video transmitter. Um, it's just most people don't have them. I've heard they're not, not very good. It's limited uh, channels. Well, that, that, that actually brings up another question that we can add to the, you know, the FAQ is stuff about, uh, you know, being, uh, the FCC being ham licensed and whatnot. So we can add those in. Um, after we're done here, I think what, you, you, what, what they're probably that the number one way that they can control us, if they had anybody come sit at a race and find out, is to put their feet on our milliwatts. If the, they step um, us down to 200, that's line of sight. The generation of these questions and answers, as is on this piece of paper, have been um, coming from the only the interpretations of HR 302, as is. But if we have more holistic questions, or, or, you know, questions around the FCC or any other things that we could add to this later, then we need to put them at the bottom and get them answered. Yep, I'm adding them down to the bottom under a note section so we can get those knocked That's out. That's a good point. <clears throat> the regulations team is just, you know, highly focused on just the FAA regulations only. Okay, so added down at the bottom, we'll... we'll... Uh, we can look at the um, FCC aspect of it, the ham license and that kind of stuff. We can get that in there pretty quick. That's not a bad, that's not, not hard. All right, number four, 
does looking at a screen, um, i.e. not using goggles, to fly FPV count as FPV or line of sight? Um, it can be either depending on the situation. It's considered line of sight when the operator has an un unobstructed view of the aircraft. It's considered FPV when the operator cannot physically see the model and flies only by the screen. Any concerns? Seems straightforward to me. All right. Number five, where will I be able to fly? Technically speaking, you can fly anywhere as long as you're within Class G airspace and below 400 feet above ground level. Flying in any other class of airspace or above 400 feet will require the pilot to submit for authorization and require that you follow all airspace restrictions present in those areas. And forgive me if I missed it or forgot about it, or uh, is there a question on what is Class G airspace? Absolutely. That's the very next question. Okay, I couldn't remember. Thanks. All right. So next question, what is Class G airspace? Class G airspace is defined as the area not classified as any other class of airspace. Generally, it starts at ground level and extends up to 700 feet above ground level. In some areas, this can extend to 1,200 feet. This is also an effect for areas of elevation, such as the mountains, where ground level is the elevation at which the aircraft is currently occupying. Is that last sentence clear to everybody? Anybody confused by that? No, uh, say it one more time. Um, this is also an effect for areas of elevation, such as in the mountains, where ground level is the elevation at which the aircraft is currently occupying. So it's just saying the ground levels where the ground is. Right? Basically, yeah. Could we say it better? Could we wordsmith so that Yeah, it might confusing? it That's might hard. be a little confusing. All right. So, um any ideas on how that could be better worded? Well, I guess what's the because uh, I I think it, it it's confusing because you bring up other elevations i think i was just assuming ground was always ground level yeah, maybe until just, you say it distinguish between ground level and sea level i mean it, ground level in aviation ground, ground level is considered different. off that of the roof of the trees as well okay so how about let's take chad's idea you know we we assuming ground is ground and all i would put this is also the case in areas of elevation full stop right there is this is this sentence even needed in, uh, with the question ten? It may be a little extra. It see it looks. I'm looking down a little bit on question ten, and it looks like that one may include the same information. Okay, we can pull this out then. All right, done. All right, uh, question seven. Can I fly beyond visual line of sight? Um, answer, no, there's currently no provision within the regulations to fly beyond visual line of sight. Pretty straightforward. Do we maybe want to include anything about the fact that there is a path here, you know, long term that we can see and we've confirmed with the commercial lobbyists that there is a path here for exemptions to eventually um, allow it? That Not might confuse it a little bit 
because it is, it is kind of speculation. It's not like written in stone. It's all just like, will it be accepted or not? And it's most likely commercial use only anyway. So I think that we, you know, as much as we can, we just stick to the facts that we know and kind of avoid speculation. Or do you mean something like for now or currently? Exactly. Then, yes. Okay. Yeah. I would be fine with currently. I think He's that's factual. Yeah, it's actually there. It says no, currently there is no provision within the regulations to fly beyond visual NSI. See, but the, the path, though, that has been paved by the other lobbyists is really built up of multiple exceptions. So it, provision, it's never really going to be like a provision, right? But it's there is a path there. I don't know how you would say it, you know, because, but they, everybody knows about it. It's pretty much well confirmed already. Let's see. Trying to think how to kind of word that. Um, Allowance, maybe? There you go. Currently, there is no allowance within the regulations to fly beyond visual line of sight. There you go. All right. Yeah, that's good. It's like a, a foreshadowing. There you go. All right. Number eight. Is there any situation in which I can fly my model above 400 feet? Uh, answer. There's no current aircraft configuration, setup, power system, or lack thereof that will allow you to legal fly legally above 400 feet above ground level without authorization. All right, I'll take the good. As a rec pilot, or is that is is that is currently that authorization only able to be sought by a 107? No, that authorization uh, you can apply for authorization. Um, you'd have to contact the air traffic controller directly to do so. Um, from what I understand, even using the LANEC, which we'll get here um, shortly. Um, there, oh, I did see that. I did. Yeah, see you that. cannot. You they can't approve anything above four hundred feet via the Atlantic. So, all right. Um, how do I apply for authorization to fly in airspace other than Class G? Uh, if your area is equipped with Atlantic, then you would apply through a smartphone app such as AirMap. They are only able to approve flights up to four hundred feet above ground level. If your area is not equipped with the LANIC system or you wish to fly beyond 400 feet above ground level, then you will need to call the air traffic controller in your area for authorization. To see what areas are currently equipped with LANIC, as well as the estimated date of addition, go to the FAA website. There's a link there for it. And the cool thing with that link, I don't know if any of you have seen that, um, it shows the wave rollout of the LANIC system. Um, and it shows specific airports uh, that have it already, as well as the ones shortly to come. What does LANIC stand for? Do we have it spelled out anywhere in this? Absolutely. It's two questions below. All right. Um, this is a point at which I kind of need to move stuff around. But uh, number 10, how is 400 feet above ground level determined? 
Um, generally, you can consider the point at which you take off if you're on the surface of the Earth as zero feet above ground level. However, as the craft moves across terrain to an area that is lower in elevation than the area you took off from, you will need to decrease the altitude of the aircraft to compensate and stay within the legal limit. That one can... I don't know. Is that one confusing to anybody? I thought that one was actually written very well. Okay. All right. Number 11. What is LANIC? How does it benefit me? LANIC is the Low Altitude Authorization and Notification Capability, a collaboration between the FAA and the industry. It supports UAS integration into the airspace. It provides mm -hmm. access to controlled airspace through near real-time processing of airspace authorizations below approved altitudes in controlled airspace. This, is this allows you to apply for approval for flights through an app with near instant response times. Okay, so, two things. Yep. Oh, sorry. Go okay, ahead. so in the question, how does it benefit me as a slant? Um, I would just say, what is it? Okay. Um, then the other, I would start with the last sentence. Okay. Because um, you, you say plainly what it is and then go into the more description. You got it. Done. All right, number 12. When do I need to change what I'm doing or seek a new license? Uh, answer, and this one will update over time. Uh, according to the FAA, they are evaluating the impacts of this change in the law and how implementation will proceed. They are recommending that current policies and guidelines are adhered to until then. So no information I found uh, through all my research says when anything's going to take effect. We do know there are dates in the bill of when things when they're supposed to be decided, but you know, we know government, so. I, I, uh, I just don't like the way that, that they are recommending that current policy are, were, are adhered to until then. It kind of seems like kind of like a threat in a way or whatever. It's Do only... we have uh, that verified? Is that in writing anywhere? That is from, um, I pulled that information. That's direct script, that's black and white. I pulled that from uh, the, uh, what is it, the AMA response to the um, bill. Maybe we, uh, could we tend to that sentence maybe just so that it doesn't look. You well, wanna... they in this case would be more, more correctly the AMA. And do we want to include it? Let's can, can you read it one more time? Absolutely. According to the FAA, they are evaluating. Um, let's see. According to the FAA, they are evaluating the impacts of this change in the law and how implementation will proceed. Um, I can say the FAA are recommending that current policies and guidelines are adhered to until then. So wait, who's the they that's evaluating? The FAA? The FAA. Right. Okay. So let me kind of shift this around. So let's see. The FAA is evaluating the impacts of change. Um, 
Okay, so how about this? The FAA is evaluating the impacts in this, of this change in the law and how implementation will receive. They recommend that current policies and guidelines are adhered to until then. As long as we can back it up, I'm good. Is there okay. any way you can put in the timeline on how long they are supposed to have? Well, here's the deal is that each different little part of it has a different timeline. So, uh, for example, to be recognized for the stipulations to be recognized as a CBO, that's 180 days. Um, there are some that stretch out to um, almost three quarters of a year. There are some that are 60 days. So it's kind of hard to pick a day. As far as like the licensing by itself, it, they have that long to do it. Um, certain, I'm sorry, certain parts. I believe they have 180 days for the test um, to come up with the test. I'd have to double check my facts on that one, though. All right. I, I just think that'd be good to have in there. You know what I mean? Just okay. so that way there's some kind of like a, a timeline for the test and what we know. Hey, so cool, Joe. I see uh, two tasks there. Is one is identify the things that need to have timelines followed and then find all the timelines. We could have the regulations uh, interpretation team dig in on those tasks. Absolutely. Okay. Um, number 13. In the future, will it cost me anything to get approved to fly recreationally? Answer. Currently is required that you register yourself as a recreational pilot with the FAA. Um, and I give the website. The cost is $5. Currently, we do not know what type of fees, if any, will be related to the pilot certification test. I think I saw today on uh, RC groups that the FAA is recommending that people stop registering. Is that true? Okay, so I haven't seen that, but I haven't specifically looked for stopping registration. But I do know that um, registration is in the new bill. It doesn't specifically say you need to register, but it does say that your craft needs to be marked with your registration number. Um, the other thing is, is that the registration is actually, um, I think I linked it in the, um, in the chat the other day, but, uh, it's actually in a defense bill, um, completely different bill that's still currently active. So unless something has changed, uh, it's still in effect. Got it. So at Rampage, there was some discussion about that do is there registration per aircraft or per pilot where is where does it stand currently it's currently for recreational it's per pilot um for 107 it is per um per aircraft okay thanks um let's see uh, will I need insurance to fly recreational FPV? Uh, answer, no, you will not need insurance to fly recreational FPV. However, from the perspective of risk mitigation, it's never a bad idea to have insurance in case of accidents. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, I think uh, it's well put. Um, will I need to join a CBO in order to fly recreational FPV legally in the USA? Currently, this is not necessary, but you will need to review and follow the safety guidelines of a CBO when out flying. Not just read and review, but actually fly by or operate uh, okay. within those guidelines. 
Well, I said review and follow the safety guidelines. So does that appease that, or do we need to change the wording? Maybe take out review. It's more important that they follow them. It's, it's If they follow them, they've obviously reviewed them. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Is, is there actually more than one CBO at this point, or are we all going under the same CBOs. blanket? Zero recognized <laughs> CBOs. Oh, okay. I thought there were um, like two or three different groups trying to approach. No, no, that's untrue. There's CBOs for parachute jumping, for ultralights, for just about all the other kinds of, you know, airspace users that have set up similar regulations in the past with their CBOs. Model aircraft specifically, there's none at this point. What is CBO again? It's a community-based organization. That's a question 26. We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I got to change some of the order here. <laughs> All right. Um, will I be required to take a written test to fly recreational FPV? Once the test is developed, yes, you will be required to take and pass a test, as well as carry your certification with you when you are out flying. Law enforcement now has the right to ask for that certification, along with your current registration as a drone pilot. This would be a good place to drop a link to the public memo that went to law enforcement, giving them directions on exactly how to do that. That's public knowledge. It would also be great if we could find the date of when they're supposed to have that test ready by and put it in there. Okay. I believe that was also 180 days after bill of signing. I believe that's correct, but I will double check and get that in here. I'm posting the URL to the law enforcement guidance for suspected unauthorized UAS operations issued 8-14-2018. Okay. I will add that in. Um, are there age requirements to take the test? Um, unfortunately, at this time, the details about the test are not present. They have not developed the test nor its requirements yet. Uh, will I be required to demonstrate well, pilot? Oh, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I couldn't get off mute. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, so did you say earlier that currently uh, law enforcement can inquire about your certification? Under yes. the new regulation, yes. But the test isn't available yet. Correct, which is why we go back to that original one um where we are currently flying under the old policies okay i'm scanning so, through this document now looking for the part where they have to ask you for that particular license because this document predates the bill it most likely will not include it and will need to be updated but this is what's in law, law enforcement's hands currently do they have a guideline for what probable cause is to ask like is a is a concrete because i i haven't seen the literature on that and it seems kind of like, okay, I'm going to ask this guy no matter what. Well, we, it looks like we're going to need to decipher this document and possibly generate some questions from this as well then. Okay. And I believe there, um, I'll have to dig into the uh, 302, but um, it there is some information in there on um, what they're trying to protect uh, when they are coming up to you asking questions or even even more so, uh, they can you know take your drone out of the air and whatnot. So, 
Yeah, so if I'm a noob reading this, my next question is, what do I do if the law enforcement asks me for something that I can't get? Then you pull this out where I have the five bullet points that they're, that they're supposed to ask you, and that's not there listed currently. Okay, good. So we could we could almost recommend they print this out and carry it with them until a some such time that it becomes untrue. Okay, let's see. Um, sorry, I'm trying to put notes down at the bottom and then trying to jump back up. Um, all right, uh, will I be required to demonstrate pilot competency to continue flying recreational FPV? No, as of the current language in the bill, there is no requirement to demonstrate pilot competency to fly recreationally. Um, do all these restrictions apply if my model is under 250 grams? Yes, all model aircraft have been grouped together under weighing less than 55 pounds. Currently, the FAA is only requiring registration if the model is between 0.55 pounds or 250 grams and 55 pounds or 25 kilograms. However, this may change in the future. I just love that if you try to fly your tiny whoop outside, you have to follow all these rules. I know, right? Yes, you do. <laughs> well, now one thing is is that they have a they have a restriction on craft that is under 250 grams, but then they have uh you have to take the test and follow all these rules and have registration of yourself as a pilot under was it 349. It doesn't say anything about the two. So under 250 grams, you just don't need to. If you have everything under 250 grams, you don't need to certify yourself as a pilot. You just have to follow the rules. No, you do no. need to certify yourself as a pilot. You do not need to register yourself as a pilot. There's a difference. There's certification. Yeah, I, I spoke wrong. Sorry. I, that's, that's okay. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. You, you will need to take the test. But you do not, as of right now, you do not need to um, register. So if you're, a, uh, you just fly tiny whoops or you fly, you know, three inches that weigh under 250 grams, um, you need, do need to be certified, but you do not need to mark your aircraft. I, it just seems like, a, <laughs> like, uh, like number 13 and number 20 are, or number 19 are kind of like, they say two different things about the same topic. You know what I mean? What was the the two questions? Uh, the other one was, um, in the future, will it cost me anything to get approved to fly FPV recreationally? And that, I mean, that says nothing about, uh, uh, like, weight restriction or lack of a weight restriction. Okay. So... And this might be on the list. I don't know, or I don't remember. Um, if I buy a toy drone, do I have to either register or become certified? Or um, I buy and my that, and that's what I'm saying. There's got to be a limit to where that's like throwing a paper airplane. Now you need to go get that registered. You know what I mean? <laughs> The, the registration um like the registration requirement is not in this bill it's in like Kojo says it's in another bill that isn't passed yet 
So it may become, uh, may change. So we'll have to go back and follow that bill and look at the wording and how it's in there or if it, it even is because it looks from, from my personal impression of HR 302, it looks like there's really no need for the registration if the licensing is coming into effect. So they may not even have a need for the registration. It might be a moot point in the future, but we should probably follow that bill to make sure that the um, Congress and everybody aren't ignorantly just passing registration when they don't realize there's a license over here. Let me let me jump in, Sean. Um, it's not currently. Uh, it actually is law. It was a defense bill from last year that the registration. So if you guys remember, we had the registration all roll out uh, a couple of years back. And then we had the court case that um, I forget the, the, the Supreme court, case. court where they, yep. they have it removed. And, it's and, the, and they did remove it. Um, and then um, they threw it into another defense bill and got it reauthorized. So um, that defense bill is the one that currently where the registration sits. And it's literally plugged into the middle of nowhere in this bill. But it's there. Oh, it's, it's it. horseshit, dude. It was. <laughs> I, I yeah. I I don't know why we didn't. I don't know. It doesn't. We didn't have enough voice anyway. Yeah, it was. It was kind of you know. It again, it was kind of backhanded, enough. thrown in there. So. All right. So we do need to clarify. Um, also, group these questions together. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to be doing some regrouping on some of this stuff. Um, let's see, does my aircraft model need to have a remote identification transponder? Currently, no, it does not. However, the FAA will be looking at equipment requirements in the near future. Again, this may be something we want to throw a timeline on if there is one. I, I, I look at it kind of like this though. As, as a lawmaker, in your favor, you want it as broad as you can get, right? And then it, it's our, as a citizen, it's like we have to fight to have later to have some things cut into the law, like 336. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is there, there, there are a lot of spots where, you know, we can, you know, if we can, if we can, you know, focus and get these people to, to listen to us, then uh, we can have a say in how some of this stuff does roll that's out. What I, that's what I'm saying. It, yeah. All right, uh, 21, will I be required to get a Part 107 certification if I am a sponsored racer in events? Yes, any event or operation in which you receive any kind of compensation, you are required to hold a Part 107 certification. Um, if I wish to race and do not have sponsors or am not, not compensated in any way, do I still require a Part 107? No, you will not require a Part 107 certification. However, the event organizers may still require it to be able to fly. Partner with them to determine the requirements for any events you wish to attend and fly at. That needs scrubbed. You yeah, want the to only th thing I would recommend is back when you say yes. I don't know if I would say yes. I would just describe the conditions. Okay. And I'd remove... Uh racer and change it to pilot because i mean you might have freestyle pilots out there thinking that they don't need their 107 to fly freestyle if they're being compensated for maybe we should call it a recreational event it is a recreation it is i, can, I, I think I, we I should 
just just to blatantly throw it out there it's recreational we have to start still separating recreational okay so going back to question 21 will i be required to get a part 107 certification if i am a sponsored pilot in a recreational event well if you're a sponsored pilot then you're making some kind of compensation so sponsored according to this bill will mean yeah you need a 107 right I just wanted to check on the wording of the question and make sure, you know, it, it's clear, a little more clear now. But does that actually apply to winnings? I mean, not winnings, no. Like... Sponsored, sponsored implies sponsored. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Uh, take the S off of events. Thank you. All right. Now let's then, go back wait, to the question. Go ahead. Then maybe we should, I'm wondering if we should separate it's maybe it's two questions. If I right. go to an event, win a prize, or if I'm a sponsored pilot, those are almost two separate things. Correct. So maybe they should be different questions because you have an event and I'm sponsored. Let's break that apart. Just uh, ask the question, the simpler question, uh, are prize winnings compensation? Yeah. So uh, our, our event prize yeah that's yeah something like that i i would unpack it a little further is, is what i'm getting at because when it's stacked together it's because then i'm like okay what if i'm sponsored and i put my stuff on youtube exactly and that's like everybody's dream is a recreational hobby well chad you brought up another good point is if you're over x amount of views and you monetize on youtube you're still although it's extremely little at the beginning um you're still somewhat getting compensation for it um so that would almost put you into the same part 107 category that's not flying that's sitting on youtube it's what that's being on youtube you're not flying you're on youtube no but that's, you're, you're flying is generating it's a question for generating it so it's not really like I, I don't really think it, it it's been asked for I've heard that question asked for the past eight years and the FAA is oh and the and the SEC have always been like nah we don't care about that yeah but I think at this point where they're apparently cracking down on so much I mean if you're getting money from YouTube for putting up flying videos you're making a source of revenue from your your craft so it's I mean there's 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 critical compensation for your flying videos regardless of what it is you know in this case i would honestly just wait for litigation to define it for us and then we put it in the queue uh, yeah, yeah don't, 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 just say that. That. Don't, don't give them any you, know? don't, you don't want to put something like this in writing you want yeah, to wait for the courts I mean, to put it in writing God, man. <laughs> i mean we're all guilty almost everybody in this chat room like you know <laughs> we're like all okay all right so all right so just real quick um going back to 21 are we good with that one will i be required to get a part 107 certification if i'm a sponsored pilot in a recreational event any event or operation which you receive any kind of compensation you are required to hold a part 107 and then i kind of did a 22a will i need a part 107 certification in order to claim winnings as a pilot from a recreational event does that make more sense to you guys I don't no, that's a recreational. What are you winning? There's never a I, cash prize. 
I'd separate recreational pilot and sponsored pilot completely. Okay. See, that's why I was saying that's a recreational event. You, you know what I mean? That is, it's recreational. They don't. Not I guess the key word that that inspired the question was sponsored. I, what's it matter if you're sponsored? If you're you are paid to be there. If you're paid to be there, you're paid to be at the event and then be registered at the event. So you're already there registered. If you want but, everybody to be a, the way AMA wants it, if you want everybody to be a, a commercial pilot to put goggles on your face, that's what that is. I guess, I guess what I'm trying to get out here is I've seen event organizers who require like what eight one oh sevens to be the spotters or like the person in charge or whatever so they can be conformed to one oh seven because they're so worried about it. But in reality, in the actual reality of the situation, most of the people that are coming to these events and are flying are not commercial pilots. They they don't need a one oh seven, nor does the event exactly and they don't need because here's the problem the minute you have that license that you're registered as you then fall under that tier of uh, punitive and, and whatever situations, you, 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 you know what I mean? And, and put it like you're a kid, you know, you're a minor, you know what I mean? What's the point getting, getting trade, getting trial for an adult if you're just playing with minor toys? So, Hey, we could roll all three of these into one, even more simpler question from the other, from the, from the devil's advocate perspective, which really is us as a recreational FPV pilot is, is from the, from the recreational FPV pilots perspective only, if I go to an event as a recreational pilot and I'm not being compensated, do I need a 107? No. Give them anything about being sponsorships. Don't give them anything that leads them into any avenue into our heart. Well, they because here's the, the problem: sponsor. the sponsorships. All these, all these companies and these manufacturers work off with really, really small margins, except for like Fat Shark and shit. No, it's but like, look at it this way: if if a sponsored pilot engages with a business relationship with any commercial entity, be it a manufacturer or whatever, as soon as that happens, as soon as that conversation begins, that's a commercial conversation and out of scope of recreational FPV. It doesn't matter to us. Okay, so like FXT, I'm a sponsored FXT pilot, okay? I got nine sets of their goggles here. My, my sponsorship consists of me processing part Amazon returns, and I get financed through that, okay? Then I do the, the training videos, and then I do the release videos of their new products. You're not buying. And but do I need a 107 to do that? No, no, no nothing you just told me requires a 107. And what's it? I'm still a sponsored pilot. The minute now, that, she comes me, then she all my gear inside of all of my equipment is FX team, and I don't pay a dime. Well, this where the rubber meets the road is when that business asks you to go to a recreational event and fly for them. That becomes commercial operations. Of course, you fly for them. Their gear is in my my everything that I own. So that's when you would need the 107. Because that's when it could legally be argued that you're operating commercial into a commercial, okay, entity, okay. I, I, I can, I can get down with that. But if you're not operating, if you're not flying for money, and you're just like doing deals with whatever you're doing, then no, that no, you don't need a one hundred seven. Chad, yeah, Chad, you, I, you're in it deeper than me. 
Yeah, well, yeah, and there's the question of what's the sponsorship? Is it the are they you just sponsoring the individual for the exposure, or are you sponsoring them to fly? You're sponsoring their vlog. See, that's where like we don't like it's out of scope for us, right? That's a commercial like mm, subject. Like if the if a, if the business in the pilot or somebody was standing in front of a judge, it that would have nothing to do with recreational. If you have a business contract with a company. Even if it's you just putting something in the air, FPV or whatever, and you're getting compensation for it, that's a job. Because it's all different types. Some of it, you're actually working business partner. Like FXT, you're a working business partner. Uh, 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 Tattoo, all they want is three videos a month. You know what I mean? I I could come just give them three videos. You, you, You know what I'm saying? It, well, that bring, well, that brings me back to the YouTube thing is that is you're fulfilling your duty to that company for your compensation. Those videos are viewed as something that is it's it's uh, completing it's still out of scope. The, circle. the whole conversation is out of scope, right? To 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 a body of recreational FPV pilots like they're like maybe imagine another body next to us that handles commercial operations like they would argue those those points in those that advocacy does that make sense i mean yeah and the other piece is i mean you could have something like drl where they're sponsored to fly but drl only flies inside mm-hmm. you know so if that pilot flies outside on their own are they flying commercially There's such That's a gray area with this. If it's Rick, if you're not freaking delivering packages, and you, you know that it, it, we know who we are. If it says FPV in our name, it's recreation. You, you know that that's personally me. Period. That's the way that my American tail wants to look at it. No, am I well, going to get it that way? Probably not. Well, there's right. thousands of recreation or commercial uses. I mean, there's thousands of them in the, the agricultural dusting. You need it, yeah, especially agricultural. And you might as well go ahead and get one of them uh, hazmat licenses too, and go. You know, I mean, am I am I care? You're aerially be able to, to dispatch toxins into the air into a jet stream. Hell, you know, you know what I mean. This scares me, and they're worried about us. You know. I think that's a little off topic, but I. The quick answer is that if you're flying for the furtherance of a business, nonprofit, or commercial, then you need a Part 107. So even if you're flying, so that means making that, videos just for the Freedom Coalition, yeah. you would need your Part 107. Bam. Yeah, okay. I mean, if there's, why would any- you submit yourself like that? Why? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just playing. Just why, why give it up? Well, here's the here's the deal, guys. Let, let's let's get back on point. So I pulled out all those questions. I went back. If I'm a recreational FPV pilot attending an event, do I need a Part 107? No. If you're flying recreationally and not being compensated, you will not require a Part 107 certificate and stop right there. That's it. See, we don't need to put the idea in anybody's head. Exactly. Answer there the right. So real quick, um, and I, I hope this isn't convoluting it, but there could be a waiver um so do you want to just put that exception in there because that that does happen and kill or could Pending happen did i lose everybody no can we put a note in there to revisit this at a later date and actually get because it seems like it's kind of a gray area 
especially if there's multiple people just in this one chat that have different ideas about it, that shows something that kind of should be addressed. I know for one, I don't want to be case law. <laughs> I hear you because man, that's a touchy one. That's where you want to get like lots of conversations. Before you. <laughs> okay, so Chad, what were you saying real quick about the waiver? I was just saying it's possible to get a waiver, um, but I don't. So, for instance, there can be the event uh, organizer can have the 107, and then everyone at the event won't Flies need it if they them. get a waiver. Right. Yeah, the, the, for the 2015 um, drone nationals, the FAA was actually there. They had two personnel on the ground, and it was completely exempt, like the whole thing. They basically have discretion to give waivers and, and make exemptions wherever they please. All right, I'm just throwing a couple notes in here that we can that I can look at revisit and throw off to the regulations team here. Okay. So now that that's out of the way, um, will my model aircraft be subject to airworthiness inspection or need to conform to any safety standards? Should we use the word drone? I, here's the deal. And, and this is one thing I tried to steer away from is using UAV, SUAV, drone um, i tried to just keep it model aircraft because there's no distinguishing factor within um, the regulations between a drone and a fixed wing and a helicopter or anything else that flies in the air the so drone. i tried to keep it to model aircraft i like that it doesn't use the d word which everybody cringes at i don't know well, what's the why. official term the bill uses uh it's model aircraft there you go so that's why I kind of stuck with that. So um, if you're building your model aircraft as a hobbyist, then no, you will not need to submit any uh, to any airworthiness inspections. Commercial manufacturers will most likely be able to self-certify their own model aircraft by a list of standards published by the FAA. That last sentence, um, I'll admit, we kind of snuck in as fluff. Um, for manufacturers and in the industry to inform them just in case they don't know. Um, I, I'm just saying this don't, you know, that might be another one where you're, you're laying yourself out for another meeting. It's actually already in the bill. Let's get this it is taken all... out. <laughs> <laughs> what were you saying, Sean? Yeah, this is all in the bill already, but also uh, FAA regulations for other airspace users do include very strict airworthiness inspections of their aircrafts, and we don't want to go down that road or like even really suggest it. Correct. And I think um, there, I mean, the language in the bill, basically, if you're a manufacturer, you're required to submit the instruction manual, the maintenance and care manual, and um, upon request, the actual of uh, uh, a single uh, copy of the actual model um, to be certified. But they are looking at ways to have manufacturers be able to self-certify based on regulations. But again, that those uh, standards aren't published yet. Um, I don't know if we want to throw a date in there or if we're okay with the way it is right now. 
Um, five zero five zero says, I'm curious, have any manufacturers released any statements on the bill? Um, I haven't seen anything. Has anybody else? Not yet. No. Okay. They're probably waiting on this document. All right. Um, let's see. Is there a speed limit at which I can fly my model aircraft? Currently, there is no speed limit proposed by the regulations. However, there is a provision for the FAA to review safety standards, including speed. So I know there was some confusion on this one when we were creating it. Um, currently, the standing rule um, comes from the AMA, and they limited any autonomous vehicle um, to a speed limit of 100 miles an hour. Um, but I do it daily, exceeding that, and I have no problem with control. I, I understand that. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of us don't. But uh, um, I do know that that's where a lot of the confusion came in before, that the AMA did set that as one of their safety guidelines. That's, you're telling us that you're taking our spec wings away. <laughs> All right. Um, will a member of a CBO grant me access? Oh, will being a member of a CBO grant me access to special exemptions to the regulations? Um, answer, currently there are no special exemptions from the regulations for being a member of a CBO. Um, I know there's talk out there of the AMA trying to carve out um, some special exemptions for themselves. Um, I don't know how that's going. I just know that there's talk of it. It's on the forums and whatnot. So. Um, next question, what is a community-based organi organization? Uh, to be honest, uh, I'm not going to read all of that. It's well, taken, it is now. <laughs> it's taken directly out of the bill. Um, and, uh, basically 501c3, um, and furthering the model aviation and a couple other things there. Um, but there's no really interpretation of that. It's directly out of the bill. They need to be sanctioned or you're going to have 4,000 of them. <laughs> um, next question, we go into what is the process for official approval to be a CBO and who makes the determination? Uh, currently, there is no definitive process for applying to become a CBO. The FAA will publish this process within the next six months through which any organization meeting the above criteria can apply for recognition. There is no information about who will make the determination. However, the thought is that someone or some committee within the FAA will be reviewing the applications. One thing that's, I don't see that's that's kind of non-American. That's not very freedomish. <laughs> one one thing I don't see is how does these uh, what is the purpose of the CBO to us? Like how how does it benefit us or why do we care what it is? Okay, it gives it gives them a place to go. For them, it gives them a place to go when when they need to find somebody or something like that. And for for the community, it gives them a place to go when they need to get their registrations or taught to fly or anything like that. I don't know. Uh, depending on where you're from, there may not be any. You know, there's there's a lot of guys in North Dakota and stuff, Idaho, whatever. Man, that's that them two are the only people in the state. You know, so it's kind of jacked up. Isn't like the AMA's uh, 
don't they provide the insurance at uh, events like the I.O. and other type, uh, yeah, larger events? A community-based organization is like an advisory group or like it's the it's like the self-policing of the community or it's the um it's basically you know what they do this what the government likes to do is identify groups like this or levels like this cbo level groups to um offload their work so they don't have to do it right so the faa like has all these questions as well right about how how do i regulate these fpv guys i don't know what the hell right so then here comes a cbo like hey we we know we can help right so we they they go okay here just do all that and we'll we'll take a look at it and make sure it's good and approve it later because we don't have time to do all the work so well, we're kind of like their stewards yeah to be fair though it's i don't think it's just offloading work i mean in when i sat down you know with the six members of the fa in cleveland it was more you're the expert we're not and you know they don't they don't know how the equipment works like we do so there there's also a, a knowledge barrier yeah. as well subject matter experts and that's where I was talking. basically and they know that or they're learning that um and then we bring that expertise to the safety of the national airspace for them right and on the flip side guys if you go back to question 26 where you know i skimmed over kind of what is a community-based organization um one of the big things there is creating safety guidelines um and and not only that, but um, the protection of uh, protection and safety of individuals and property on the ground. Um, it's also providing programming for um, other members of the organization, be it education, like we're trying to you know kind of do here, um, or support um, and uh, developing flying sites and, and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that a CBO is good for, but I honestly think, yeah, you're right. The, the CBO is going to be that subject matter, those subject matter experts that the FAA are going to come to for, you know, advice, to be honest, above anything. So do I have this wrong in, in my head, this picture of what we have here? This is the FPV coalition, correct? Correct, correct. We speak for only the interest of the people who wear goggles on their heads or look at little screens on tripods. The other guys that are flying the planes, line of sight, they need to have their own AMA thing. Is that what's going on or whatever? Or Well, they cover the AMA currently covers everything from huck gliders to control line, to gliders, to slope, to every kind yeah. of line of sight, turbines, $10,000. So what they're, the, there's a very large organization that's spread over much wider uh, subject matter and like their constituents are all, all of these different kinds of things. Whereas we're very focused on just the FPV pilots. Okay. And do you think that we're, we're gonna be able to get FPV branched off of the recreation? We are within the recreational regulations. So we'll have our own coalition that doesn't involve that of the AMAs or the other whatever CBOs or whatever. Yeah, there'll be there'll be other CBOs for any other stakeholder in this subject. Yes. I so the how AMA do we is know? That huh? So the AMA is a CBO then? Oh, Not clearly no. Well, oh, okay. No, they're they're gonna be. I mean, there's probably Obviously, fifty thousand yes. people who. Well, it depends on who, you, who you're asking. Exactly. 
Now, the people who got the raw end of the deal who have to deal with stuff like this, distinguishing what is or isn't commercial, you know what I mean, because you wear goggles, we have a different belief on how them people think. You know, you, you know what I mean? But I am one of, I'm one of both people. You, you know what I mean? That, that's what's nice about me sitting here is I am one of both. You, you know what I mean? Most of us are, yes. But what, yeah. what we have here I'm just though, saying. is the distinction of FPV, which hasn't necessarily been called out in the regs or applied with our expertise yet. Yeah. What does the AMA file under? Do they file under a, a 501c3 or a 501c6? They are filed under a 501c3. They actually have two. Um, one's for the main organization. The other one's for the foundation, which I believe encompasses their um, flight museum as well. Um, but yeah, they, they're categorized as a 501c3. So at any moment they could choose to, okay, we're, we're going to be a CBO to represent this large group of people, but then we'd still have our, you know, our expertise in this one. Yeah, area. absolutely. You be a stepchild, you know what I'm saying? You might no, well. it's not about being a stepchild. It's about here. standing side by side and saying, you know, that's fantastic that you're representing all of this, but we're going to be the subject matter experts on FPV. This is what we're good at. This is what we're going to represent. Okay. Chad, what were you saying, bud? I was just going to say, I think the um, if you ask the AMA, I think they consider themselves community-based organizations. Everything, yeah, if you talk to certain people. And, and it depends on what people you talk to within up and down that. Is there any way we can reach out and find out for sure? Like, I mean, because Here's... if they are, if, if they are a community-based organization, then there is a community-based organization that has a stake in this bill, and that'll change a lot of the rules well, because then we just have they, to. They they made a public statement. No, they made a public statement already, um, basically confirming that they look forward to becoming a CBO. Okay. The, the only way you're going to get certainty is if the AMA publishes something acknowledging that they are, which they're not doing right now, the or only. there's litigation of some sort that makes it, forces it to be defined. That's what kind of threw me off earlier when, uh, when I was, when I heard that there were no CBOs representing us before that, because I, I always thought the AMA was the CBO that was representing. Yeah, like, and, that, uh, and that's kind of what makes this this group here seem a little presumptuous because in the end, they're the ones that have the insurance. That They, they are the, you, you have to go in to go, it, it's like you're going up to dad to go get it. You know, it's like nothing's going to change. The only thing that could change is you still got to pay for the AMA insurance for the year. And that's still a gray area for me, but still yet the other side you're still sanctioned FPV when you pick up FPV gear. The minute you put on FPV gear, you follow under us. So it just, and I don't know if this brings more clarity or not, but the, the vibe that I'm getting, and I'm saying vibe, it's not super clear. Um, for some reason, the FAA over the years has not wanted, or I shouldn't say what they want. They have not acknowledged them as the C CBO. Um, my guess is because they don't want a monopoly on it. I, I don't know. I, I think maybe they... Maybe you can't dictate something like that. You, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be a free country. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah so I, I don't know, but there is definitely an oddity because uh, the AMA does essentially check all the boxes for the criteria of a CBO. Um, the but only thing they're missing is before this, that list what, came out. Wait, say that again. That, that, def that list that defines what a CBO is. But previously, the question was, what is a CBO? We've been asking that for the past five, say, seven years. But what we have now is a list of what that exactly is, right? And so that is what's changed. And so it now seems that, that they, they may not live up to that list or they've never been approved or for whatever reason, the environment is simply a new world from then. It, it, and it's like the setup is going to roll down like this. It would be a, a, a Trump FAA AMA FPV coalition. It, it's like we're going to be a subgroup to AMA. No, no, we won't. We will We will be a peer. We'll be a recognized CBO right you alongside the AMA and possibly other commercial interests at tables like the ARC or other drone advisory groups that create the future reg regulations. Okay, right, so... Hang on, let me. Can I jump in real quick? Um, one of the big discussions on the on the forums is that the um, what is a community based organization from the from the bill is basically tailor made to fit the FAA. So I would have no doubt that this little chunk of you know what an AMA or what a CBO is was something that an AMA um, you know advisor. Told exactly. the FPV to put it in there, and then now, laid it laid the seed right there. Right, but on the flip side, they're also by doing that, they're opening it up to other people and other organizations. So um, while they are trying to be, you know, I'm a, I'm sure that the AMA is trying to be exclusive. Um, at the same time, it is kind of a monopoly, and but they've paved the path for others to jump in. So there's going to be other um organizations like ours or like the drone user group or a couple other uh places out there doug, that are, yeah that's what i'm saying the drone user group doug um that are going to jump in on this and they're going to say hey wait a second you know what about us and this is why they wanted to declare the fpv is commercial it's easier right but i mean the big the big issue is is that we're one of the 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 very specialized um, group of users of aircraft, where we can be considered recreational or we can be considered um, commercial, but we we fit the bill on both. But it's how you're flying and what you're doing that's the difference. Well, here, and here's the here's why I say we can't do it without being on the leg of AMA and then being alone. It that most of the I will say I fly it every day, long range, whatever. I'll admit it. You know what I'm saying? The risk is an FPV long range and an FPV. Yeah, these guys are not. The, the, the risk is much higher, I believe, and needing the insurance and having a, a, a flyaway or, or whatever, a non return to home or something like that. You know what I'm saying? And then AMA is already set up for the insurance. It, it's already kind of done. We would have to have a complete strong insurance. You, you know what I'm saying? Great well, idea. you're going to have to play into both. If you want to play FPV, you need to play by him. Then when you're paying him and playing by him, then you're going to come over here, pay here and play by here as well. It's another turnoff. It, it's like it, it has to be one or the other. You know what I mean? Well, even we talked about last week, uh, I believe it was during the meeting, um, the guy that was at an, F, uh, an AMA sanctioned event 
and he lost control, put his quad through a windshield, and they didn't cover it. They were like, yeah, good luck. Just, you know, call your insurance. Yeah, because AMA falls behind your insurance. Your homeowner's insurance goes first. They, they whatever they don't cover. Right. So, and, and that's, that's kind of the thing, but that's not the way that the government's looking at it. You, you know what I mean? The government says these FPV guys right now under the AMA, that thing is insured for blah, 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 blah. Right now, FPV Coalition can't say that we do anything. <laughs> Understandable, but on the on the flip side, you know, we're still building. Uh, yeah, I'm just saying that is something that's an issue. Right. So I, get, I get that. Apply, and... and you're going to put these things up there. Either We're, we're going to either A, follow two underneath Big Papa called AMA, or we got some serious soul searching to do quickly. Well, that's what we're doing. Absolutely. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah, it's pretty much. So basically, we're just doing this as a breakout group away from the AMA on our own to represent our own. Because we're in, we're a niche group where we're like the like the infant on. the. And block. I wouldn't say we're a breakout group because this group is made up of ama members and non-ama members so it's Correct. it's just a new it's honestly it's totally new and fresh and well, here's the here's the is, i mean here's a breakout the, as far as like representing the entire community not yes just, correct and right. that's and that's i think something that and strengthens us because our right. focus is narrower we can be stronger advocates for what it is I and, agree. Also, and also also there's no know, reason we can't have overlapping rules with the ama it's just what rules you're following and it doesn't really matter right as long as you're following the rules of a cbo um the other thing i would say is that you know we're not the new guys on the block we've been i mean they they literally carved out an entire section of an authorization bill to cover us because of us um and and the emerging technology behind multi-rotors and F flying fpv and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, obviously we're on their mind. And so obviously we're going to, it's not a niche group anymore, guys. I mean, it's really not. So I, I've, I I've kind of trolled I, them over the years. I, I've written it in there in like the commercial group, like, Hey, invite us to the table and, you know, invite us to here's pirates down here. Like we, we, we wouldn't mind, you know, letting you know how we do it to the AMA and to the, to the FA. We've been, we've been putting it in their ear. And then here is our clear invitation. Here's our response. Finally. Right. Put it here like this. Have any of you guys been invited to go listen to in like right now to an AMA meeting? No, the, the AMA doesn't do this. We're we're trying to reach the, that, that's the right. regulators. That's, right. that's right? what I'm saying. But the, what we're doing right here, you would never get done underneath a jurisdictional background like they have where they're all lawyers. You know, you know what Which I'm saying? They, they, they make your decisions strength. for you where this is. This is uh, this door is open as far as I know. I think anybody can join if they feel like it. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? This is what it's supposed to be, guys. And I kind of want to reiterate like what I meant as far as like the you know in the infancy or like the new guys on the block. Like, I mean, as far as RC model flight, we are like there is right. nothing newer than what we're doing, and that's why we have to catch this by the fucking balls. And we have to get in there and we have to be like, no, this is how it actually is. This isn't, this is us representing us and we'll show you exactly how it is. You can't let somebody that represents, I mean, there's probably 40 or 50 different kinds of, I mean, look at like model rocket or like model, uh, yeah, model rocketry, stuff like that. 
I'm sure they have their own representatives that are outside of uh, the AMA, which I think, I mean, that all falls under the AMA, I believe. And that stuff, that's, some of that stuff is terrifying. And they let you fire it off in your backyard. I, I saw events recently posted because this time of year they do pump a pumpkin chucking, I guess is a thing now. Right, and right. They're launching pumpkins like 500 feet in the air. And I'm just like, hey, did you guys get clearance for that? If you don't allow <laughs> drones in your park, just letting you know. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Good to argue against. All right, let's 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 wrap it up. So, okay. So we don't know. I'm going to go back to where we're at. We've kind of hashed that out. Um, so process for approval there isn't a process yet but in the next six months there will be a process hopefully um okay is the ama the only current cbo we kind of hashed that out just now um not officially recognized as a cbo yet they must go through the same process as everyone else to earn that distinction um that right now is fact um but i'm sure they are eagerly pursuing that um can I be under the influence of drugs and or alcohol and still fly legally? Um, there's no mention in the regulations of drug and alcohol and flying a model aircraft. Um, we have to put that in there. That is <laughs> yeah, but that's one of the AMA guidelines, which are like the, the first and foremost at this point, I believe. We have, so. we have, what, we have uh, to remind I, ourselves the purpose of the document is to cover all the questions that our constituents may have. Will they have worry about questions? that. I, I think that they will have this question. There's a large majority okay. of our community that will have this question. Have okay. you met okay. Trappy? <laughs> okay, moving on. Does this authorization give the FAA power to permanently regulate model aircraft, or will it need to be renewed or reauthorized at a later date? Um, answer, this authorization will have a five-year lifespan, after which Congress will have to go through the process again. They worded that differently in the bill. How so? Page? Uh, I, I'd have to go back and find the page. I just woke up. I'm sick as hell, as you can tell. Um, but they worded it that they can, uh, and, and they plan on changing bills and wording of the, or not changing bills, but um, changing wording of the bill um, as they see fit, which right. I spoke about last week with going, uh, they have to obey the, the ADA and it has to go to the people. So it has to be voted on and things like that. Um, I mean, but they, the, they, that, they, that they, is something that that's carving out the provisions uh, for certain uh, authorizations that are currently in there, but actually the lifespan of the entire bill is only five years. So um, they can carve out what's currently in the bill, what there's provisions for like certain committees and safety and speed and, and all those different things, or like, you know, recognition of a CBO, they can, and they can change all that stuff through the five-year period. But after that five-year period, we're going to get another reauthorization. Okay, right on. That, that's what this one's addressing. All right, I misunderstood. Um, that, the, nope, you're the fine. Wording of it. Chad, Honestly, are you committed to your lifetime of running this thing? <laughs> Chad done pulled over, fell asleep. Well, legally, it has to have a board with a rotating leadership, I think. No, I'm, I'm here. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Let's see. Um, that brings up a good question, though, about um, them being able to change language and, and whatnot as they see fit. I will address that.
That's a big one. That's not in there yet, huh? It no, it's not in there. And I thought about it, and I completely skimmed over it in my uh, speed to get everything else done. So that's my fault. No, well, I feel like that was. That's why we're doing this right now. I feel like that was one of the things that they also neglected to think about when they wrote the bill, where it was so rushed. Is that you? I mean, with the ADA, it it has to go to the people. The people have to have knowledge of it they have i mean there's so much more to it the faa put it out there and they said we will make changes as we see fit with right. no prior notice see, and now that's you where not do that no you, you can't tell them that they can't because ultimately they probably can no there's an, there's an ask, amendment that you cannot do that yeah or well, they called that interpretation last time right <laughs> i uh, it's all good. I'll shut up on this one. No, that's a. Hey, it's a. It's an important question. It might take a lot of input from our even you know our professional guys. So we'll get an answer. Absolutely. All right. Last one. Um, will recreational pilot will a recreational pilot's license be required to purchase a ready to fly fixed wing or rotorcraft from major retailers? No. At this time, it's not a requirement. It will be the responsibility of the pilot to obtain certification before commencing flight for the first time without a certified pilot with you. So our manufacturers are not going to have to get certifications. <laughs> All right. So um, Sparky Josh brought up a good one. I don't know if you all saw it in the chat. Would it be possible to add if buildings and structures can change AGL? Um, yes, I will add that. And the answer to that question would be, um, no, it does not. Um, there's no provision for that. They are calling ground level, ground level at the dirt. So, um, but I will add that in. A uh, couple things. I just want to go over um, some of the additions or some of the uh, notes. Uh, we'll talk. Uh, I will get something in there for the FAA to create rules and regulations as technology changes, which we just talked about. Benefits of joining a CBO. Um, do we want to hit the ham license question? Would that not fall under the, the pilot's license? Weren't the two tied together at one point years ago or something? That's not, not the FAA anyway. So I don't no, it's not the FAA. Really... So if we want yeah. to keep it just a strict um, on the bill kind of thing, then I will delete that. Well, yeah, it's pretty clear they don't even have one. So don't even bring that up. Okay. We have a pretty narrow, concise focus of the document already. We should retain it and keep that. Absolutely. Okay. So a couple of general notes, identify timelines, um, identify test timeline. Um what do I do when approached by law enforcement? I will um, kind of hash that out a little further and I'm scrapping these questions down below so they're getting deleted. Um, anything else you guys can think of question-wise that needs to be in this document? What did we miss? What, uh, what, what, the, what is the FPV pi uh, pilots out there asking right now? What have you seen? How do we explain this to the public if they have knowledge of the bill? Let's say my neighbor says, hey, I, I saw there was a bill and you can't fly anymore. How do you address that? The proper way as a as a representative of the CBO. I like that. Maybe um, I think that's. Hold on, let me formulate my thought. Um, there have been a lot of 
rules, guidelines, laws, I don't know, safety standards changed along the way, like implemented and changed. Um, and I think that's why most people are confused because they may have heard something a year ago or two years ago, and they're still operating off or thinking that's the case. Um, is there is there something that we can how do i know what the current state of things are you know something like that okay so maybe you know provide some resources like websites that kind of thing is that kind of where you're going chad no i think maybe, like yeah. a high level summary of what is the purpose of this what is this bill doing at like one sentence like and i think what it's doing is it's it's changing the current regulations, making things more clear, opening things up for commercial, allowing for CBO type engagements. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's house cleaning. It's like cleaning up the mess that was made from the previous bullshit. Well, it's like as far as right now or uh, previous to this bill, you could just throw a spare pair of goggles on them and show them. And now I feel like people are that don't fly RC or anything like that, for the most part, if they see you flying, they're not going to want to put on a pair of goggles and hang out with you. They're coming at you like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? I heard it was illegal. I've That's... already got I've already got this. Well, they're your spotter now. Just tell them you, you can't leave. You're my spotter. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's awesome. a good point. <laughs> All right. So a uh, high level overview of what the bill actually is and how do I know what the state of regulations is currently? Those are a couple more things we need to address. Yeah. I didn't say that like as something that we need for like right now tonight, but I right. wonder if the like, spotter is going to need a spotter license. Uh, currently as it stands, no. I'd, just... I'd leave that out completely. Just... <laughs> no, well, the same as honestly, the same as I was talking about the ham license last weekend or last Wednesday, we uh, we brought it up. And my thing is, like, if anything's not in the bill right now, don't put it in their head that that's something else that they have to include, because then it's just going to be a nightmare. And that's kind of like a spotter license. Yeah. you Do you have eyes? Yes. OK, sign here. Cool. I'm good with that. <laughs> all right so um if you guys think of anything um please feel free to to message me um i'm usually on uh i don't sleep a whole lot so i can uh probably respond pretty quickly but uh i i'm more than happy for suggestions or you know edits or anything like that i am going to leave this open i'm going to continue to edit this guys and i'm going to leave it open to comments I don't want to leave it open to edit everybody because I don't want it to get so convoluted that we can't see straight. So if you do have something, you can DM me. You can drop a comment in, in the document here, um, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of take it from there, and uh, we'll post a, a revised version as soon as I can get that done. A um, couple other things that I wanted to talk about. I do know that um, 507 has been making some great progress on the website. Um, there's still a, a little bit to do um, in regards to kind of fluffing it out, but it's coming together nicely. Um, this is actually going to be one of the things that we drop in there. Um, but uh, I do ask, I did post um, 
yesterday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, um, a need for photos of the community of, you know, builds of, you know, just enjoying the hobby. Anything that you guys can provide that we can drop onto the website that we can use for Facebook posts. Anything that you think would be a, an awesome shot for us to use. Um, please, please, please drop that in the box and I'll post it here again in a second. Um, that way we've got kind of a library of images that we can use. Hey, a uh, quick thing, uh, with this, um, uh, with a document you just went over, um, and going back to, I think, educating the public kind of thing, is there any thought to making a small little printout people carry with them just so they know their rights. Cause, uh, um, you know, for people that come up to them and, Hey, I heard this bill says such and such, or even police officers that may not understand their role in it either. That's, def that's definitely towards that. something we can put that on the suggestion list. And I, I mean, I'm all for that. Um, just, you know, almost something the size of a, a channel sheet card that comes with the BTXs and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I'd call uh, it the down pilot card just because I used to produce those back in Desert Shield, Desert Storm for pilots that were shot down over Iraq. It was uh, something they could use to speak with the locals. Absolutely. So basically like a cheat sheet. We, you know, we carry these right now doing electric skateboarding rides because the rangers pull us over and get us for speeding or whatever else. And we pull out the bill. California state bill says electric skateboards are not considered skateboards. So no skateboarding laws are so there. So, so like we just get away with it everywhere. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, we can definitely produce something like that. That's, that's easily done. I just put it in our little core group and the pathfinding party for uh, a task that we can, another document that can, we can start working on. Cool. Thanks. Okay, I wanna I wanna thank um, Josh and Sean for for getting this set up and um, moving it forward and um, conducting a great meeting. Um, also, another note that I wanted to put out about Rampage was uh, I had a lot of people ask me about the FTV Freedom Coalition, so That's I thought awesome. it was it was pretty great that um, I was actually surprised at how many people knew about it. Um, that's awesome. That was good. Word's getting out. That's a good deal. Did you get any kind of feedback you can share? No, I mean it. It wasn't. It was mostly them asking me, which I it it was tough because I wasn't uh, you know completely versed on everything because a twelve hundred page document came out right before Rampage and um. Yeah, so it, most of it was uh, asking, you know, when we were going to be up and going full speed, you know, what things meant. And I, you know, had just referred them to the site and said, we're going to constantly be improving and updating. You're going to have to sketch out a structure at some point, I think. It's a, a lot of that's actually been done. Is we it? have some people working in the background, that little core team that we introduced during the last meeting. They've they've de they've developed stuff long into the future that like we can't implement yet, right? That's awesome. Yeah, it's just it's tough because we're not legal yet, and until we uh, become legally 
incorporated or structured. Um, yeah, it's just we have to be informal about it. If you right. want to help, uh, like Sean, if anybody wants to help and dive in, like just let us know what kind of skills you got. No time to time. You guys got my uh, my application I put in like a month and a half ago. <laughs> All right, Sean, you got anything you need to cover, sir? No, you got it all. All right, Chad? Nope, Great. I'm good. Thank you, guys. Uh, five zero, you got anything, bud? Nope, I'm good. We just have to finish up that website with a few new paragraphs and have Chad take a look at it and get that moving. All right. Dennis, you got anything, sir? FPVFC, you got anything? Your account recording this. <laughs> Mad, you got anything? All right, old gravy leg. Negative. Sparky. Good talk, guys. Let me know if I can do anything to help. Absolutely, sir. Steve. Nope, all good. Thank you. All right. And thrust. Any parting words for all us, good, sir? Man. All right. All right. Thank you all, guys. I appreciate the feedback. Um, it's been amazing. So uh, let's just keep – I, I want to keep doing the meetings. I know Sean wants to keep doing the meetings. Um, it's awesome for us to be able to kind of get together and hash some of this stuff out. So um, if you guys need anything, feel free to reach out to me or Sean or Chad or um, Stymie. Uh, five zero. Um, we're all here to help you guys out and to to listen to what you got to say. So, uh, with that, I think we'll wrap it up. And the music. Rad guys. <laughs> Cue, <laughs> Cue the end fun. of the meeting. We, we make videos for a living, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>